shit. <laughs> We're on, man. Yeah, you got to turn So, now, yeah. So, uh, hey, welcome to episode number 39 of Red River Podcast. Red River Podcast, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're sitting uh, in the undisclosed location of uh, the Suffocation headquarters. It's me, Langan, and today our guest is uh, Terrence Hobbs from Suffocation. Hello, world. What's popping? <laughs> <laughs> Randall's taking pictures. Yeah, he's making me feel all corny with headphones on and everything. You know, he, he's you know making he me does. feel corny whenever he tags me in a picture and <laughs> you know what it is i i always like you know maybe i just feel like i look different like i feel like i look like i did when i was like 27 and then i see a picture of you you tag me and then i'm like oh this is what i look like now right that's how it is for everybody though you look in the mirror you see that same guy you see the fact of the matter is i'm old so when i see younger pictures i'm like fuck what happened you <laughs> well, know that, this is just this is god awful and that's inter- <laughs> you know what that's interesting too because no matter what like for someone like you Come on, mikey <laughs> for someone like you yo watch that bc rich <laughs> he's all good no that's the scott pavarnik that's a good one man i mean it's a bc <laughs> rich shape yeah, Scott's the man. Big up to Scott Pavarnik, my man. But for for someone like you, like you, you know, there's documentation of you for like the last 30 years, man. Yeah, you know, I'm like the most uh, famous, not famous person out there. <laughs> you, know? you know? I kind of look a little bit goofy, so I stand out like a sore thumb. But hey, you know, it's not like, by choice. It's by age. But just like, seriously, like when when you're playing, like, do you ever, I mean, you just have to like let it go, right? Because I'm thinking like. You can't be self-conscious. You just yeah, fucking... I mean, a lot of the times just like, you know, all these suffocation songs are all brutal and shit. So, you know, for us, we turn around and we just go straight for it. You know, you give it your all 110% every time. And I think that that gives you like a little bit more of an edge and it allows you to like vent a little bit more and have like a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere. Like you can see, I'm just sitting around playing video games other than playing my guitars and shit like that. Right. But that's on, you know, my off time. Obviously, in like the next week, things are to start moving along we're going to be going back out on the road you know chopping north america tours coming so how long are you guys going out for? um we go out from what is it october 21st to november 18th i believe oh shit so it starts 21st yeah yeah so the first show is actually frank's last long island show well no we're gonna at the end of the tour we're also gonna be back at gramercy so we're gonna start on long island at at, uh mulcahy's Mm -hmm. and then the second to last show of the tour, we, we still end up going to Philly for the last show before we come home, but it'll be Gramercy, then we play Philly, and then we come back home. Okay. So, I mean, it'll actually be two shows for New York, which is a good thing because, you know, we yeah, want to send out Frank. Fans here, man. Yeah, for the people that can't really go out of the tri-state area, you know what I mean? They can catch stuff at the Gramercy, take subways. Right. Um, the Mulcahy show, I guess, would be more from Long Islanders. Either, either way, though, there's a train station right there. So if you really want to grin and bear it and come out to the island, come out and see us. Uh, That's going to be maybe, a crazy Maybe show. us New Yorkers or you New Yorkers can see Frank twice, you know? <laughs> now, actually, I've seen enough of them. You, so, so <laughs> no, I love Frank. We're talking 30 years here. Like, do you Have you seen like people that have been going to the shows that long? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, for me, it's it, uh, and especially for like Frank and, and stuff like that. I mean, I made a lot of great friends like all around the world. And in the beginning, it was kind of simple because, like, you could always remember somebody's face at a different place. But then they, it started getting, like, there was familiar-looking people in different places and people that have moved from the places that you met them in in a different place. And, you know, after the years go by, it started to become such a mind scramble that it was like, 
whoa, now it's getting a little crazy. But there are those people that you obviously make friends with that you know and you've been talking to the whole time. So I'm pretty fortunate, uh, you know, to have a lot of good friends that I made throughout the course of the scene and and been out there, you know what I mean? I get to see them when we go on tour. You know, they come through in town and their bands or so on and so forth just on vacation with their old ladies. I get to run into them. So it's really nice to be able to, like, take the face and put it to the Facebook profile, you know? somewhere along the way out there it's it's amazing like what music does you know like i play music he played music you play music like yeah, yeah. you have the people that you grew up with and then you have people that you meet while you play music you know and it's just like amazing like it's just it's like the craziest yeah. connection that that you're just i don't know you're in this room and everyone's just especially like a band like suffocation that's so you know um your fans like love you fucking guys yeah i mean you know in in the underground metal scene and i mean you know i think that this speaks for all the underground scenes out there you know the old punk punk hardcore um you know oi music you you know the the list goes on and on i think that like when somebody grows up with the style of music and it really takes to them they usually become like a real diehard fan Mm -hmm. and for the fans that have been listening to suffocation over the last 29 30 years thank you man from the bottom of my heart we really appreciate it and uh you know especially for us metalheads we really take a lot of pride in in our music and what gives us our place in the world right you know what i mean and um you know the people that stick with us throughout all those years that grew up with us as we were growing up it's like uh it, it's really fucking awesome you so, know you can't you can't really knock it you know 88 was the beginning right yeah yeah 88 was the beginning a lot a lot of shit came out in 88 man yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i mean you could i mean there, there was so much stuff that was influential i mean I, I was listening to like Cryptic Slaughter and you know Carnivore and of course Slayer was out there already. And, yeah. Do you know you Cryptic know? Slaughter? The fucking Blasco mm-hmm. was in that band, dude. Bananas. Mm-hmm. I saw. I just saw him at, at Ozzy. Ozzy played. It's a great s- band. Great band. Right. Like mm-hmm. that. Like when you put two and two together, and and he has a podcast too. Yes. Super business smart guy. Um. He he does a lot of great stuff for like the industry and stuff like that. I, I, I think he's he's great, man. And that last Ozzy set was amazing, whether or not it's his last tour, you know? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean... It's the second it, no it, more it's, tours. It, it, listen, it's really kind of tough because when you look at how music is so worldwide, I mean, you know, people in Israel don't even get, like, nuclear blast CDs, you know what I mean? Which is kind of weird, and I, I found that out just for the first time I've ever gone to Israel. They were like... You need to bring CDs. They're not, like, available in record shops here. Really? And I'm like, that's so messed up. How am I even going there to play if you guys can't buy my CD? <laughs> that is. Yes. You know what That's I mean? a great question. Yeah, I was like, how the fuck does this happen? But it's word of mouth, and that's those diehard fans that right. spread the word and tape trade and do all the rest of that stuff. Now it's not tape trading anymore. You know, yeah. Lars Ulrich was right, you guys. He was right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, he may not be what you wanted him to be now, but right. he, he was definitely right, and he was speaking out for it. You know, and... uh and it's kind of difficult because, they, you know, people in Indonesia, you know, they, they eat this up. And that's probably one of the biggest demographics for, for metal out there is in yeah. Indonesia, you know. They, there's people, like, imitating your name, you know. They'll be like Chuck Hobbs. It's like, what do you mean Chuck Hobbs? <laughs> they, they like Chuck from Death and they like Terrence Hobbs and that's their name. And they put oh, it there. shit. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, the weirdest, it's the weirdest shit in the world. And, I mean, that's super cool. Thank you guys that over there, too. But, um, 
So when you, I remember seeing the global metal doc and being shocked at how uh, have you seen that by Sam Sam Dunn? No, no, no. It's just basically all over the world and all these different places where you never would think that metal would thrive, and it's yeah, it's o- it's over there, and people are just bugging out about right. it. And um, in, in general, like for us to be able to go out there and even play a show and to know that they can't even get the CD in this day and age when everybody is like MP3 trading, quote unquote, mm-hmm. now and. As opposed to tape trading and doing all How that. How are shows like that? They must be fucking sick, right? Yo, it was pretty sick. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, you never know what to expect. When you're in an underground type of thing, and especially with us, you know, we could be booked in a place that holds 300 people and it will be packed. Or we could be in a venue that holds 5,000 with a couple other bands and it would be packed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's those shows and you play on Mondays and Tuesdays and you're just trying to make your 15, you know, shirt sale to get your gas to get to the next show, <laughs> you right. know. There, so there, we there, take the good with the bad, you know. There is difference, I guess, right? Because everywhere, because yeah. Monday and Tuesday shows, right? Oh, that, yeah. That is it's, like a, it's like bands like Metallica and shit. They don't even play on those days because they know everybody's got to work, you know? Yeah, that's an you interesting di- dynamic that I don't think about like yeah. when you go on tour. I mean, I wish we were at that level, but we're not. <laughs> I'm happy underground. Yeah. I mean, literally underground. <laughs> underground. But <laughs> that's where we are right now, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get good dunk. service. Uh, but 88 had fucking, what, the first Danzig album. It had uh, my favorite Iron Maiden album, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yes. That was a great record, man. Um, but I, I, was still, I was always stuck on Power Slave, man. Power Slave was like the shit. You know? yeah. Power yeah. Slave is... I'm peace of mind myself. Well, peace of mind is great. Yeah. I mean, we can't... You, now we're just opening up a can of worms yeah. with Iron Maiden. You yeah. know what I'm saying, guys? You know, okay. <laughs> and, and I think for me, maybe it's like an age difference because I'm, I'm a little bit younger than him. Um, and the first thing I heard was Seventh Son. Right. So right. I was 10 when I heard Seventh Son, and then from there I went backwards. And That then, has so much to do with it. Because yeah, when that enters to. your world and stays with you, yeah. you know, at that right. age. Because yeah, right. when, when I talk to old school dudes, man, like that, that album hurts their heart. Like they're, they're yeah, just, because they were like, oh, man, the band is supposed to stay this way. Yeah. You know, and everybody does that. When the band changes, they're like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. Right. It's like, cut it out, man. You know, it's the only you're thing. Trying you trying something new. Yeah. I mean, let alone you're trying something new. You just can't, you know. Yeah. By then it was like what they're. I mean, it's one thing if you put out a piece of shit record. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you put that and there's no there's no passion in it, then. That kind of sucks because then you just seen like the turmoil. I mean, you've yeah. heard it on Breeding the Spawn. It was mayhem for us, you know, at that point in time. <laughs> Terrible production, mayhem riffs, you know, things weren't happening the way that they should. But uh, I mean, as time went on, the band had changed and it, it grew out of those things. And sure. people go to do their thing. And I'm supportive of everything that they all want to do, you know? Yeah, man. So. What, what made, like, all right, so when you guys came out, like, what was like what, one of the main influences that made you guys want to sound the way that you do? Well, I mean, it was it wasn't so much that it was a main sound that we wanted to sound like something else. I mean, everything was influential. I mean, I grew up listening to you know Black Sabbath and Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and then you know Venom and Ingve and Slayer and Cryptic Slaughter and Wehrmacht and you know all the bands that you can think of. You know, from hard rock on down the line, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, we we would just listen to all this stuff, so we were just trying whatever we were going to try. Mm-hmm. You know, so before our suffocation was there, like, you know, me and Frank were jamming with maybe Doug Cerrito, Mike Smith, Chris Basile, a couple of different musicians from out of high school, you know, because we knew a bunch of musicians in high school. And we were just throwing things around and just trying to write heavy riffs. And I think once that actual lineup had happened, 
it was kind of easier because everybody was a decent musician to put together something, you know what I mean? And everybody was driven. And then, of course, we started listening to, like, you know, Destruction and Creator and right. uh, all those bands that we still love to this day, you know what I mean? And from there, it was just like, we want to be aggressive. We want to have an aggressive sound. And everybody was so into just writing on their own that, uh, I don't know, it just kind of all fell together that way. It wasn't like we had a specific direction at that point what was the scene like on long island back then like when you guys were like starting well on long island it really i mean everybody was listening to you know king diamond you know merciful fate things like them, that right? ozzy, the yeah, yeah you know ozzy you know stuff like that and of course there was us underground heads that were listening to everything from hardcore you know biohazard uh sick of it all mm-hmm. um agnostic front and so on down the line exodus you know it was all I listened to so much hardcore and and punk and uh, you know thrash metal and it, uh, that it was just all piled together. All those things from that era, like you could possibly think of. But, I had but even to. like locally, though, like yeah. who were your peers? So locally, I mean, locally it was just we, as far as people that I knew. I mean, I had one guitar builder guy. His name was Mike Lusos, and he he had worked with. Um, he had worked with another guy named Billy Briones, who was working with some of the other people from Dream Theater at the time, which at that time was called Majesty, which is another band from here. Obviously, you know, things from that era, like Richie Blackmore and stuff, that, you know, he was another native Long Islander, actually. Oh, yeah. He, uh, you know, he was very influential. And, I just you know, saw him at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, just killer <laughs> guitar players out there and, you know. Those are the kind of things for me, I mean, being a musician, that's where I was at. I was like, well, I, I'm hearing all this stuff, you know, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And uh, then on the other side of things, like, you know, the Paco de Lucia's and the McLaughlin's and sure. those type of things. <clears throat> Did you find, like, regular guitar playing, like, boring? Um, No, I always found it really fascinating just as a guitar player because... I didn't know what I wanted to do, like, when I was a young kid. Like, as far as music was concerned, I always liked it, like... When I could walk up and like play a piano as a little kid, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but it, it was cool. And then um, when I was really young, I was watching the Tom and Jerry cartoon, you know, <laughs> Is yeah. You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby, and that made me start yeah. playing like a stand-up bass in elementary school. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. And I was doing that, but that, you know, and now uh, picture me, you know, I'm only fucking, you know, seven years old walking around with a stand-up bass. <laughs> and uh, after that, I, I had a friend that was maybe like, I don't know, well, I got my first acoustic when I was probably about eight years old, and then I smashed it because I wanted to be the Who. You know, even though I was still playing the stand-up bass, I still wanted to smash the acoustic because you didn't could know only do that one back then. If and you my can't buddy had it, an electric guitar, and then once he started playing electric guitar, I bought a shitty one off another friend. And from that point, and it only had four strings, so you've got to go to got to go figure. It went from like a four-string stand-up bass to a four-string electric guitar, and I smashed the acoustic one because I wanted to be the Who, and. uh I should have never smashed it, you know, but <laughs> I really shouldn't have. I, I, you know, I would never smash any of my instruments today. I'm no. like, oh, man, I love these things. Especially now. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. now. Is like, <laughs> but uh, can you yeah. tell Can you tell us how influential the Brass Monkey was back then? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we used to go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Frank told you some stories. <laughs> he did. Yeah, at that time it was god-awful. It was definitely <laughs> god-awful. We walked in there, the girl had all these black and blues, we were like, what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> he turned our backs to her. We slammed our beer and we walked out and left. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a great time. Was Shout great. out to them and yeah. uh, Body Talk. Which yeah, we and Body about. Talk. <laughs> body Talk was pretty filthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty filthy in there. We've we've had some great times out here, but you know what? It's a different day and age. We don't even have the stripper strip bars like uh, that we used to when we were little kids and no. just turned twenty one and wanted to go to this titty bar. You know. Now it's all gone. We have to go like halfway through. Yeah, you got yeah. a truck. You got your phone. You can just go on X videos. And well, watch yeah, titties. you can go on X videos or you can order a call girl, which I don't do. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right? I don't do that stuff. But, uh, all right, so, so you know, you guys are starting out and, like, I, I mean, back then, really, there was no, like, like, now you see it on TV, you see it everywhere. Like, it was such a like, underground market. Like, you know, you guys were playing together. What was, like, the end result? You were just kids just playing? Because I, I can't imagine that there you was, know, like... You a- know, the end result, as far as that goes, I mean, you know, as time went on, everybody changed and everybody had different demands on their lives and things like that that made it more difficult to just be the band that we were then. So right. time goes on, things change, everybody get used to it, whatever. But uh, for us, we just wanted to play, like, heavy music, and it was like we didn't... You know, obviously all those bands I talked about, even Morbid Angel, you know, because that's where Frank was like, suffocation, because he liked Morbid Angel, so did I. Right. And it was like, suffocation, okay, that's a pretty broad term, we can use that, fuck it, let's <laughs> do it. You know, we're sitting at the mall, and fucking the food court, you know, eating, and our girlfriends are working behind there, they'd give us free food, and we didn't know what else to do but go to the record store and look for metal and think of shit, and that's what popped out, and that's what we used, you know, and it's been like that ever since. And we didn't know that there was... We, none of us ever thought it was ever going to go to this kind of thing. I didn't think I was going to have a whole bunch of, like, music gear and I could, you know, go on tour and meet people, see my friends, and do this over a couple decades. So the end result, like, for everybody else, like, it's really just a hobby, but it's fortunate to be able to do what you want to do when you can do it. And um, When did you realize that it was, like, more than a hobby? Like, what year? Well... I would have to say for me, it was like, you know, the band had broken up for a minute um, from like 1998 or something to like 2003, 2004. Yeah. And, um, you know, during that time I was working a job and it was just, you know, being a soda jerk, you know, doing deliveries, installing systems at bars and restaurants. And still playing? And I was still playing my guitar, but I, you know, the band wasn't together. So it was just like I was doing it on the side for myself, you know. And, uh, you know, Frank decided he wanted to get the band back together, and I had some opportunities, and I had to make a choice. I was like, well, I could go and work for this company. You know, it's good money. It has everything. Or I could go out and play music. And I was like, fuck it, I'm playing music. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You Always. know what I mean? I was <laughs> yeah. like, I don't care. It's like, what what's life all about? I mean, if you can't do what you love to do, then what Take another shot it? at it. Yeah, yeah. What, what fucking good is it? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you've gone for f- like five years, basically. So yeah. in, in, in that time, did you notice that like the catalog was popping again? People were like... Well, I mean, there, it's always been... It's not like it was going off the hook or being overly consistent or something to that effect, you know? But passed down, like people... But, yeah, I mean, people, some people would be like, oh, that was a great record, you know, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, okay, great, thanks, you know? <laughs> I was just playing whatever, you know? <laughs> Having a good time. I had a little four-track back then, and I was just writing riffs on a four-track cassette recorder, and it grew from there. Now it's like I'm sitting here with Pro Tools and shit, mm-hmm. and things are a little bit nicer, <laughs> you know? But, um... You know, as far as it, like, for me maturing and making that type of life choice and saying, dude, I'm going to do it, it was probably at that point in time, you know? Mm-hmm. 
because Frank really wanted to do it. I was like, man, I miss being able to go out and play shows too, you know. Even if the shows sucked back at the time and the band broke up and there really wasn't much of a scene, you know, everything has its ups and downs, like disco. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, no, disco's dead. It's dead. It's fucking dead. I was like, I'm glad the fucker's dead. No, nope. so you, you guys never put out a disco song like Kiss? <laughs> no, no. And then next thing, no. <laughs> and um, I don't think I him. ever will. I, I don't think I ever will. Um, not in this band anyway, you know. Side project. Yeah, hey, look, if they paid me $3,000 to just pluck fucking one note and just stand in the background, that would be great, too. You know, I couldn't say that I could complain. I'd <laughs> well, be like, my guitar is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we were just <laughs> talking about Nuno Betancourt and, like, all these guys doing, yeah. like, side work and, st- you know, stuff like that. Yeah, you um, know. We, would that ever be something you would do? Well, it depends on what it is. I mean, I do, like, occasionally I do some solo work on people's records, you know, mm-hmm. different metal sorts of things. Some's melodic metal, some is really, you know, technical death metal, some's, you know, it's all over the it's all over the spectrum. But for me, I really spend a lot of time with suffocation, you know, um for its writing and just trying to coordinate the next best bet for us and dealing with shit like that, you know. Um but I mean, I'm not opposed to trying to do something else. I mean, you know, just playing death metal isn't the only skill on a guitar that I have, so I like to put those to use somewhere along the way. It doesn't have to be like, doesn't have to be like, you know, something that I'm setting my mind into. Right. It would just have to be something for an opportunity, and if it was a cool opportunity, maybe I would do it. You know, like direct a horror movie. Oh, directing a horror movie would be that would be fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be like, no, you have to be like, you're fucking scared, and then this dude's going to come out of the woodwork over here and you're supposed to act like, the, like you know what I'm saying? Would There's be not sl- enough fear. So it would be a slasher then. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be slasher, paranormal, extraterrestrial, and gut-wrenching gore. Those With a sub- little bit of sex in it. Just, Those are your subgenres. You like yeah, it has, yeah. To, it has to have everything in it. It has to have like that, you know, nuclear biological shit. Okay. So basically I, I he d- just described the void. Yeah. Right, that movie was fucking great. Fucking Thank great. You. Thank I, I you really so liked fucking it. I really much. Liked it. The Void. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Void was killing. Some people hated on it. Fucking I don't get Nate it. I, don't I, I, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it was so in the it was so in the vein of Seven Doors of Death, except for set in a hospital. That it was kind of fire and uh, like a from beyond type of thing. Yeah, from you know? beyond the end. That is absolutely. like probably one of my all time favorite. From beyond, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was just kind of fucked up. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was everything that you could want a fucking horror movie to be. Like violent practical effects, like some alien type right. shit. It was mm-hmm. like it was it, it. That was a classic. Piece but some of, people had like a Hellraiser feel yeah, at the yeah. end too. Talk into this. I think Hellraiser talk into that. Had a, talking. Yeah, it became a trend to hate on the void in the group. That's what happened. Uh, maybe because I hate on the witch, so maybe, maybe I, maybe I start. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the witch was okay. It wasn't that great. It was all right. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like super... I'm all about the goat, but that's about it. That Did you guys cool. see uh, Long Came the Devil? Did you just see that one? Did I kind of liked it. I mean, it was a little slow in the. Be- it was a little slow in the beginning, but. Violet. The va- the fact that the evil continuously won made it so much better. I don't, yeah, I don't mind a slow burn. Like a slow burn is fine. Like to me, like one of the one of the best slow burns that I can think of, Starry Eyes. Starry, yeah, Starry Eyes, Eyes was killer. Fucking good one, Mikey. Right? Good one. Yo, like it had a great like. You take your patience. The cinematography was great. The direction was great. And the last 30 minutes was fucking brutal. Well, the payoff yeah. has to be good. The, if you're yeah, gonna yeah do a slow it, burn. it was. Uh, I thought it was rather. You know, yeah, an, another terrible one I thought was Hereditary. 
See, I didn't even watch yeah. Hereditary because everybody said that Hereditary wasn't good. Yeah. It was good until like the end, and it just wasn't like I mean, it wasn't. It went from being great, and then it just went to good. It's kind of like the Sinister movies, like you know, after like Sinister one, and then now like Sinister two is like, eh. Mm -hmm. But I have to admit, The Conjuring two was a fucking great movie. You know what? I my friend for for a second movie to go along in like you know a video type genre thing that was fucking good. My friend Chris Longito, Tara's husband, fucking swears by Conjuring too. So when did you get into like like do you remember like the first like horror movies that you saw? Like when did you really get into? Oh man, well. I mean, out here in Comac, we used to have a horror, uh, like a drive-in theater, and we also used to have oh, one shit, yeah. that was behind Smith Haven Mall. And there, like, I mean, when Star Wars came out, so that's like 1977. Yeah. You know, we would always go to the drive-in movies, and that's when I seen Star Wars the first time, it was like at a drive-in. They had all sorts of, and we would go and see horror movies, so like Deep Red, you know, that was out there. Um, Evil Dead, I seen that, like at the drive-in. Um, the first or what the else second? did I see? Awesome. I, I think I seen what else? Uh, are, Suspiria. Are you waiting for the Suspiria remake? I, the trailer I, looks I, good. I, I hope. I hope it's good. Like it almost took me a minute for the like the new Evil Dead when it was like the new one. Yeah. You know, and not like Ash versus Evil Dead, but the new Evil right. Dead right. that has the, the girl in it. It took me a minute to really get all the good creepiness. So I'm sure people are like, oh, it's not you know, it's not Ash that way and everything, but. When you watch it a few times, it's like pretty fucking it's sick. It's fucking it great. Yeah, but it's just Bruce Campbell is so fucking like it's an icon. he's just an icon. He's yeah. classic in that role, you know. It's like not. I don't think that they. It, I don't think it took away from anything because it definitely it had its share of fucking pretty gnarly parts. I man. think you got to keep an open mind with the remakes, you know. But they know they got the. It's stacked right. up it's against all, them it, to yeah, fail, hard, so come with it. You it's know? like, yeah, you're going to turn around and make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which I thought was good. Which you one, know? though? I, it I, seems I like mean, there's eight billion. There <laughs> is eight million of them. I, I mean, the one, you know, where the old lady was in the uh, in the fucking, in the in the factory and she gave birth to him and all the Okay, so yeah, that was that was like with the sergeant guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just died, yeah. He just died, so. God rest his soul. USA for USA, motherfucker. Yeah, man. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so growing up, like, I, I, there's something, like, for me, for all of us, like, we always bring up, you know, like, horror just made sense, and then the marriage of, like, horror, horror and metal. And metal, yeah, yeah. Totally. And it also has to have some tits and ass in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just bloody like metal. And ass, bloody tits and ass and metal and fucking horror movies is the best thing just ever. Like, just like the rat show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's going to be some horror in there. You're going to have some, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to have some old, like, you know, 50-year-old, yeah. you know, hair teased out 80s chicks yeah. walking around still trying to bust out that spandex, bro. Throwing those stilettos on in hey, 2018. Man, they they, they might be the panties. cougar you're looking for, you know what I'm saying? Throwing the granny drawers at Stephen Piercy, hanging them on the mic. Granny drawers. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- there's something about that connection, and when I think of like you know, we always bring up Black Roses was like one of those like movies, <laughs> uh, Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat, yeah. right? Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the newest one, I think Deathgasm is a movie that doesn't get enough. Love. I like Deathgasm. I heard they were going to make a sequel to it. I heard through the grapevine. I hope they do. I hope so yeah. too. You know, oh, what was that? Oh, what was that one fucking movie where? They had Morbid Angel in the soundtrack. Was it like Night, Night of the Living Dead or Return of the Living Dead? Night no. of the Comet? No, no, Night, no. Of, Night of the, the Demons. Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. Yeah. There That's we go. 
Yeah, because I'm a big Demons fan. Like, I would have just, you know. But, yo, Demons, that was, the Bava movie? That, yo, the, yeah. That's the shit, that's, yo. That's one of the best horror movies ever. Seriously, right? No question. But it's just the the prosthetics. Like when they're like the teeth, the gr- like right. everything, like when 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 shit starts popping yep. off, the nails start growing and the and the fucking veins start blowing out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Is, isn't it so hard to like compare to compete? Like when you when you look at like CGI stuff, um, you know, like practical effects are just tough to beat. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the digital world only offers so much, and I think that like, you know, like Frank Oz and all that shit when it, with all the you know, Jim Henson and the puppets and right. everything that they did. I think that it was definitely way more realistic than all the digital that they're doing today. Like, if they can just make things more like that and, like, bring up the technology on that better, right? make it more lifelike and realistic, that would yeah. be so much cooler. That's like, bad. It takes on video, you out of it. Yeah, yeah, because now everything is so digitally edited. Mm-hmm. And you, you see it. You know what I you mean? You see like, it. You know, it doesn't look like somebody took time to craft the things the same way. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I see some shit and it looks like a video game. Did you like the digital Yoda or did you like the old school puppet Yoda back? Oh, man. Right? Let me tell you this, though. T- don't. The please. No Hold sense. on a second. <laughs> tell me you didn't like The Last Jedi. Uh, ah! <laughs> Uh, That's another conversation. Uh, oh shit! I'm sorry. No, nah, it's all right, man. There's a napkin over there, dude. Or whatever. It's just um, this place is trash. It needs to be. For, all right. So the Force Awakens comes, which was basically Star Wars all over again. Right. 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 What did you think about that? Uh, it's just some. There's just some discrepancies, you know. I mean, I thought I thought all the movies were actually okay. You know, just for sci-fi shits and giggles. But they were definitely, like, brought to the level of, like, sci-fi channel movies. You know what I mean? Mm. Where they didn't have that same, like, if they could have just fucking blown a fucking spaceship through the fucking Star Destroyer right quick, why wouldn't they have done that to begin with? You know what I mean? Like, just shit like that. You know that that chick Ray is not going to fuck around with Luke and fucking yank him around. Like, it just wasn't going to (laughs) happen. You know what I'm saying? So, and all that shit. The ending of The Last Jedi was so fucking good, though, man. It was kind of gnarly. It was. Because I didn't know what was happening. But, yo, the motherfucker couldn't just disappear out of nowhere, and that's the end. Like, Mm. you know, come on. It's not the way he's supposed to die, bro. A lot of shit, man. You know, he's supposed to die like Yoda. Yeah, I, I didn't really... That that part I didn't like, you know, like where you get to the end and you're like, wait, that was how it went? Like, When are like they going to make the whole story now about how, like, he was bringing up fucking Kylo Ren and shit and trying to train him and see all the shit that actually really transpired, yeah. you know? I mean, we could just look at that. That would be something cool to look at, you know, but... I don't know. I don't think that, you know, Disney is really going to do it justice. Is anything going to be good enough, though? Yeah, when they fucking get Lucas to, like, you know. Like, really? If they could. Do I you mean, remember the last three? You like the yeah. prequels? Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go on. You know. Is know. anything, you know, like, I always talk about certain things, like, you know, people complain about the ending of The Sopranos, the ending of The Wire. It, like, is anything ever going to be good enough, you know? Like, no. it's just... <laughs> No, 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 because everybody wants it their way. You know what I mean? It's the Me Too movement, you guys. No, (laughs) it's it's fucking not your movement, man. Just whatever happens, fucking Han Solo shot first, right? No, Guido shot first. (laughs) 
It's a great point, man. It's a great point. <laughs> Never looked at it that way. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's just like uh, The Sopranos. Seriously, you watch that ending, and everyone forgets every you know all the episodes leading up to it. It's just that's just how it ends. Let it be. I have yeah, never, died. I have never been a Sopranos person. Yeah, like I don't know, man. I'm just stuck in the sci-fi world. I, I think I like prosthetic, like sci-fi makeup. Like, if I wasn't playing fucking guitar, or like if I wasn't playing guitar, I'd probably be an animator. If I was an animator, I'd probably be doing like makeup horror fucking shit. You know what I mean? I think it's coming up on Long Island that does it because you go to the local pizzeria, everybody looks like an extra from The Sopranos and shit. You just, it's enough of it. Yeah, right? it's like everybody's like, yo, Bobby Vito, yo, yo, forgot about it. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the, the latest sci-fi movies that, that, that you were digging on? Because um, we saw Upgrade. Upgrade. Upgrade was fucking ill. Wasn't that right? so gnarly? That was so good. Fuck oh, yeah. that was so good. One of my favorite movies. Like I put yeah. that shit on. I rented it. I was like, oh, you know, I heard some things, and I start watching. I'm like, and then the fight scene comes, and then the night. Yo, that shit was cheek. like. <laughs> it was so sick. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Then the hachu. Like the yep. sneeze, yep. and at that point, I'm like, "Yo, this movie is bananas is off the hook." And the fact that it's sitting here in, on Amazon and not in a theater somewhere, reaching people is ridiculous. Yeah, like, it's a really, quiet release. It was really, really a great flick, man. Very, very underrated. Yo, that was underrated, and also uh, the other one about the video games. Whoa, oh, Jesus mm. Christ, I'm so stoned. Right? Oh, Player Ready Player One? Play, yeah, Ready yeah, Player I like One that was good, movie. man. I thought it was pretty that cool. That movie got shitted on a lot, too, yeah, but I, I don't get it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that had, we're, we're not going to take it at the end. Of course, I really yeah. did. I, I dig anything Marvel and uh, DC comic. I'm just that way. Obviously, I like Marvel better. Because that Infinity Wars, Black Panther, fucking all those Iron Mans and all the rest of that shit is off the fucking hook. Infinity, yeah, people, Yo, people I, love Infinity. I swear to God, I'm on Netflix watching Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and fucking Agents of Shield and all the rest of that's where it's where my head's at. Unless it's like a horror flick. Right. I, I haven't you know? seen Luke Cage, but I've seen enough to see the soundtrack. Uh-huh. Soundtrack is bananas. Yo, it's really it's good. It's like real jazzy. Like there's so much. I don't know. It's pretty gritty, man. I can't say it's not. You know, I I like the fact that Netflix has taken up doing those Marvel movies. So now that they have the series of Luke Cage, they have Iron Fist, they have uh, Daredevil, Daredevil. Then they have the Defenders, which is all four of them, and so on and so forth. And it, it like gives me something else to watch yeah. because, you know, as being a kid, obviously we always like we're looking at, you know cartoon characters scrambled porn i don't know well, scrambled porn too you know <laughs> but now you're sitting on a tour bus like and you got shit to watch like back then like what were you watching in like 93 like you know like three vhs tapes oh my god yeah that's all that you had you know what i mean everything was just on cable it was what you had on cable it was hbo yeah. you know what i mean you were watching home box office yeah i remember when hbo was new yeah and then they too. started putting like little oh. short and specials between the like independent little short things from yeah. college students in between. They they didn't have I mean? much content. I remember yeah. they played that caveman it, movie with Ringo Starr like every other <laughs> every like three hours. I mean, you yo could, Ringo had to do something. Yo, you couldn't even like start out like a video music channel like MTV nowadays that like only had like maybe ten videos on it because video was new back then. Video was new. You know, now it's just like, oh yeah, you're gonna open that up. Like MTV isn't even like music television anymore. Well, because no one's gonna sit around. I mean, I can, I can go to YouTube. Yeah, Yo, you can go to YouTube, and there's every channel at the end of your cable spectrum of 
metal, hard rock, heavy metal, death metal, this, that, and the other thing, you could just turn it on and listen to that yeah. in rotation. You when like I, doing videos? Uh, I would like to do more videos, but man, like as he was saying about directing a horror movie, I have right. no idea on what I would do for videos. So at this point, I'm just like, hmm. You know, it's yeah. like, what would I do? How would I direct it? So, did you guys make one for the last record? We haven't made one for the last record yet. We were even contemplating. We were so busy touring. I mean, I got a month off. I'm like, thank God, you know. <laughs> um, Rest those fingers. Yeah. Play just, video games instead. Just sit there and coordinate. <laughs> I mean, you guys, this week, uh, I mean, Mike had talked about setting this one up with uh, me for a minute. And um, literally this week, I did an interview for a Quebec book <laughs> wait a quebec oh really? yeah on metal from back in the night like in from back in the 90s okay and then i did another uh interview with frank for like this thing called like date night with these girls all in pink that's on like cable access or some shit <laughs> so I mean, even, even me being <laughs> home just trying to relax i'm still doing all the pr man you know yeah. you gotta do it i got mikey he's my fucking secretary over here i mean look at him he's yeah, I mean, a great he's, secretary he's my he, he was that's how we got set up you know you know jim jim randall left him to you yeah well jim's been my buddy for fucking forever <laughs> yeah. i miss that guy he should just move back to long island like he knows he should yeah <laughs> why, do, why doesn't he what why doesn't he i don't know man he's fucking jim no great <laughs> not us good point good point <laughs> yeah but uh th thinking of the last record i feel like you guys should make a, vi a video because I even though mtv mtv's gone youtube is yeah, what i mean it is. it's always it's always good to have a video for you know a record if you can do it um just a visual man like the visual i mean just well, that's what i'm saying and uh i mean obviously we have some people that would work with us like tommy jones who's done like so much videography for Nuclear Blast, Meshuggah, this one, that one. He's been all over with these guys now. Um, it's, it's just a matter for us to have time. I mean, we're doing this one with Frank on his farewell and uh, this tour, so it doesn't really give us much time to theatrically think out of video at this point Okay. because we've been so busy touring. Like, it, it's just been kind of crazy. It's like as soon as that happened, bam, we were gone. Yeah, because right. the record's you know, been right out for like out a year, game. right? The oh, record. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you how many tours I've done for this record already in a year. At this point, But like, we still have half the earth to cover again, right. like, you know. And uh, Nuclear Blast does all that shit for you, right? They well, they help, they help out a lot in, you know, Helping us with the product and getting some promotion out there for the tours, um, stuff than, like that. Better than using MapQuest these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not but like there's also you know now at this point we have a booking agent that helps us to book shows, and then we have you know management to help us keep things. I mean, at this point, you know, like at this point, like degree. yeah, where you guys are, like that's it's just so much easier. You know, it just it, leaves yeah. you. To write the it, music. it leaves me to write more music, you know, and also because the band has changed over the course of time, it gives me the opportunity to go back to the older songs and bring it to the newer guys in the band and go through the motions with them so that they get more of a general understanding on the music that we were writing back in the time, let alone them learning it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it's a catch-22 because you still have to write new music, but you still have to go back to the well to bring the old music to the fans that want to hear the older, uh, you know, B-side songs of albums, right. and there's 10 of them, so it's like, Include eleven, including a live one. You know, very complex songs too. Yeah, there's you a know? lot of notes. Yeah, <laughs> lots and lots and lots of notes. Very complex stuff, man. So With like all your history and stuff like that, I've, I'm a big rock documentary fan. I watch everyone, and I know, like, since like 2010, weren't they be like batting around the documentary with you guys? Or it was 
you well, were going to we, do Well, that. we were going to do it, but the band had, had gone through so many more like lineup changes and things like that. Right. Also, the videographer that was doing it with us, things kind of got a little bit screwed up because his house got robbed. A lot of footage got stolen. His oh, gear man. had gotten stolen. But the original hard drives that had like gigs and gigs of footage. So now it's like, but uh, <laughs> we, we got the hard drives back from him, but nothing with the edited versions of it because all that stuff was already stolen in his computer. Um, so we, we needed to find somebody else to really go back over it, go through all that, of course, and we're adding more and more footage over right. the course of time. So now this has gotten compiled too, and eventually, once we can get to the point where I guess Frank leaves, maybe if we have enough time, we'll try to spend the money to get like somebody to sit there, go through the footage, edit it, get the timeline and chronicling and yeah. everything else a lot down. Of history, man. <laughs> yeah, there's so much that's so gone much. on. Thirty years. Yeah, for thirty years and different members and where they're at and getting them on point. There should be no problem to edit that. Yeah, it should be no problem at all. Ninety minutes. So we're sorry to you guys about that. I mean, you know, it's been a tough road for us, and I mean, we're still chugging away and staying busy, as well as putting up with the ups and downs of things. So, you know, with that being said, it's going to be a minute before we get something serious like DVD, Blu-ray, or something like that out there. Are you looking forward to this last tour, like bittersweet kind of? Well, no. I mean, I always hang out with Frank. He's my bud, man. I mean, I just seen him the other night to go and hang out for his girl's birthday party. So, you know. But it, it, as that goes on, it's also the same that Frank, for a long time, hasn't really been doing a lot of touring for like over the last five or six years. So I guess it had to come to a head somewhere. I mean, I wish him the best. He's like one of my, you know, best friends in the universe. And. I told him, I was like, look, you know, if I do another Breeding the Spawn song, you're going to have to sing it and record it, you know. You don't have to go on tour for it, but you got to record it. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I was <laughs> like, all right, Frank. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to make sure that they keep the fans happy, you know. It's yeah. like when he's going to go into So, it, I mean, Frank's not really out of the music business. If he has the opportunity to sing on something and just get paid for it and do it at his leisure, then he would probably do it, but he okay. won't be going out on tour for it. He's just not about the traveling and things anymore. Yeah, it's anymore. the big commitment right there. And, uh, you know, obviously it would be up to him if he was going to do it or not. You know what I mean? That Yeah, he did mention the, the touring is kind of like a... It crushes his soul. Yeah. <laughs> so, and for me, it's fun. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's... That is funny, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, over the course of time, people change, and I think it's just like he's got a whole bunch more on his plate that he's dealing with what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Than with this, which is what I've always wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? I got you. So it's, I don't know. And I think that all the other guys really are, are really gung-ho in playing. Like Derek, my bass player, and, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie, the guitar player. You know, the, the drummer. Everybody's really wanna, gung-ho to want to go out and play, make new music, and do these things. So we're kind of fortunate that after this record has came out, we'll be still doing the touring with him and still have more touring to do, you know? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and playing music, it's, you know, obviously, like, I've never done tours like that, but it allows you to see, like, the world, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I got friends in all sorts of different areas all over the all over the planet that, like, you know, they would be on Facebook. You'd think that you'd never see them again. And it's just like after, like, the fourth or fifth time you run into them on tour, you know, you kind of get accustomed to the fact that you're going to see these people periodically. And them come and visit you periodically, you know what I mean? Right. So it's it's pretty cool. What are some of your like favorite places that that you've been to? Now nah, that fly well, that yeah. fly ain't dying. Yo, yeah, this, this guy he he he's, he's got to die with the music book, man. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna die. He's gonna, it's fucking 
Mel Bay's music extravaganza, he's going to get it. <laughs> f- that fly's got mad Yeah, lives. he's got some fucking mad balls, yo. <laughs> he's trying. He's I see trying. those testes from here. <laughs> I, 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 I can send him out of his misery, I swear I can. He's going to land on your other eyeball. Nah, uh, he won't. He's, he's a wuss. I need he's, that. He's just a fucking fly. He's a wuss. <laughs> I but, mean, I'll deal with him. I'll deal with him for a couple more minutes, but then after that, it's just like he's on borrowed time. Right yeah, now. I mean, he knows that his. I mean, it was on borrowed time anyway. He'd probably be dead by tomorrow. But <laughs> guy's a fan. You know, they, you know? Yeah, they only really last <laughs> a day or something, right? Big suffocation. Lives. He's living. It's it only up. like a yeah. day. <laughs> he's telling all his. He's fly lucky he's still alive. Like right now, <laughs> he's telling all his fly friends that he's a Terrence from suffocation. Right so. now, he just gained <laughs> an extra year of fly ass yeah. life. Right now. <laughs> You know, I was going to cut it short like a fucking pack of cigarettes a day on that thing. But, uh, yeah, what what are some of your favorite places that you've been to? Um, well, I mean, I really like, um, like Barcelona, Spain. I like the Netherlands. I like London. Um, Jakarta, Indonesia is always an awesome place. I went to um, the Canary Islands. I thought that was interesting. Um, where else? I mean, South America is pretty awesome. I mean, you know, you go to Peru, you go to Bolivia. I went to La Paz, Bolivia, and it's like, you know, 15,000 feet above sea level in the fucking mountains and shit. It was amazing. It was like the craziest experience of my life. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of places out there. I mean, Canada is awesome. You know, Montreal, Vancouver, um, Toronto. Uh, All through death metal. Yeah. You know, you know what's really awesome city, and people probably wouldn't think it is? Mexico City. Fucking off the hook. It's it's really, really, really cool. And the food there is insane. Yeah, I was gonna say the food's gotta be amazing. Oh man, it's like my favorite, man. You yeah. guys have done Wacken, right? Like Yeah, Wacken Open Air Festival in Germany. Germany's awesome too. It's just that, you know, I have a hard time getting weed in Germany. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, so anyone Amsterdam's listening from right over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyone listening from Germany, you know you know what to do. You know, yeah, I get you know, hooked up at a Suffo show. I always have a hard time getting this stuff over there. Like, yeah. Happy smoke, man. Keep me sane. Uh, Vakin, Wacken, uh, Vakin is is one of those uh, like you know that's like a bucket list show. It totally Yo, it is. It's a, like a homeland. It's, it's a heinously a ridiculously huge festival that usually has every single band that you want to see on it at one time. You know what I mean? When I see <laughs> so. festivals like that, I'm like, yeah, I got, I want to go there, and then I probably get there, and I'm like, man, it fucking smells horrible out here, <laughs> and, I, and I'm living. In, in yeah, I, you know what? If you were gonna do it, you'd have, to, you'd have to book all your shit super early and make sure you get a hotel that runs a shuttle, right. so that way you don't have to camp there. Or take a time machine back twenty years. You know what I mean? I if you camp, if you camp free. at Walk-In, just be prepared to just be a mud man. <laughs> You know, was it like three, four days? Yeah, it's yeah. like a couple of days, man. It's just the it's, lineups it's are serious, fucking man. amazing. I, I, I'm still like a, a festival fan. I love it. Yeah, I, I know love he's festivals not. too. Me yeah. too. Yeah, festivals are great. Man. Bang for your buck. Um, if I can stage potato, I like it. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, all right. Granted, if you, if you could hang out on the side, it's a lot cooler than <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's nicer. Night. I mean, especially for me at this point, because now it's like I kind of stand out like a sore thumb. So when I'm out at a festival and there's a billion metalheads there, oh, it's just shit. like fuck. Yeah. It's like fuck. I'm just gonna be taking pictures. I'm gonna be blind by the end of the night. And, and if, and I guys... if I get, yeah, and I, I mean half the time I just want to drink and watch a band too. You know, yeah, yeah. So you, you guys did the cruises too, right? You yeah, the cruise is fun though. Whoa, yeah. what it's cruise fucking, did you do? Well, we did we did seventy thousand tons of metal, and uh, we did it twice. One, so yeah. we did it. What was it? Not last year. I think it was the year before, and we did it like. 
three years before that as well. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it's a party on the fucking boat, man. So, everybody, get on that thing. If you get a chance, definitely do 70,000 tons. It's a lot of fun. That's all intermingling, right? Oh, my God, dude. It's heinous. (laughs) (laughs) People just get wrecked, you know? So, you you don't run into any punishers that just basically won't leave you alone? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, you're just trying to eat eat a hot dog, you know? Yeah, you know, it's like you, you run into them every no matter where you go i mean it's just part of the name of the game right. you know and it's funny because like if you and can... it, you know it really those type of people are just really just trying to be you know friendly towards you Absolutely. they don't realize that it's a little overbearing maybe they do maybe that's their mo- <laughs> that maybe that's their mo i don't know there but, goes uh, terrence i want to make him feel uncomfortable yeah no you're right it's just like oh dude i'm I, not going home I, tonight i'll sit there i'll talk to him them. for 15 hours watch watch yeah watch <laughs> Time me. Yeah, just watch and see what's going on right I'm here. gonna ask him if he knows how to play scales. No, I don't. I don't. I just go I just I don't know. I just gum my guitar. I just gum it. I gum it with my teeth. But and it now like everyone has like a phone that has a camera and you're always like so that's always like an angle, so it's like you, you have to be like camera ready. I wish they could just make the camera flash where it doesn't stay on in your eyes in the dark. Yeah. Because that I think really ruins it. 90% more than the fans wanting to take a picture is the fact that if there's 100 of them and they're all using that camera phone, they're just beaming this bright light in your eye in the dark all the time. And it's, like, really brutal. It gave me a newfound respect to why, like, you see Britney Spears go running out of the limousine and she's covering her eyes. She's like, oh, I'm a little yeah. fucking catty bitch. I can't fucking handle it. And you see it, you see it bugging out because she can't get in the store. It's because that shit will make you fucking blind. Yeah, wow. I, I am never, I mean, until this band, like, I never really realized that that's what it was all about. It made her blind and crazy. She shaved her head and attacked people with an umbrella. Yeah. That's I mean, a weird you know, era. Yeah. yeah. It felt normal again. Though. It's like it didn't happen. The best was that episode on South Park, man, when they just chopped her head uh, off and she was like, oh, 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 oh. This fucking best shit I've ever Now, heard. that's a show that continuously continues to continue. I yeah. know. I mean, I wonder what they're coming up with now, yeah. man, as with all this fucking Democrat, like, Antifa shit. Yeah. I can only imagine what South Park is fucking <laughs> scheming, dude. It's going to be... I don't know if they can make it any more ridiculous than it already is. There's always new material. <laughs> no, but for they that show. do. They, you know? they, as long as there's like you know current events happening, like they pull shit right. out and they stay relevant. Like whatever, it's like parallel the news and whatever. They right, put right, on. right. They just totally satire that whole shit into oblivion. Man. With it's the cell crazy. phones, though, too. A lot of bands now they're having the no cell phone policies and stuff. They, what do you think of that? Yeah. Turn, I mean, you, what do you turn it in and you get a, you ever go I turned mine in for the misfits. Did you really? Did you? you had to? I had to. Whoa, that's kind of heavy. I mean. Glenn Danzig took my, I my mean, phone. At, at this point, you know, I'm just from that underground type of thing and it's like a tape right. traded thing. It's like most video fucking shoots of your band playing never sound good through. Never. Never no, sound good never. through a sound no. through there. So it's not like it's not necessarily not doing your band justice. It's just not even promoting your band. So unless they have like a live feed right. and ten cameras on your band, it like I don't see any reason that you should have to turn in your cell phone. What the fuck happens if you got you know you got to get a phone call from somebody who's burning down in their house? Like, what are you going to do? You there know? you go. We we put an episode up where I discussed oh. the uh, Misfits reunion. That's uh-huh. right. And since it had the Misfits reunion in the YouTube title, 
for the podcast, they took it down. It was automatically. Gone. <laughs> really? It was like one day I went to sleep, woke up, and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Yo, Shut I, you, you want to hear something funny? It was like the other day on Facebook of all can't even well, talk about of it. all things. Yeah, right. <laughs> on Facebook of all things, I turned around and they were like, okay, you know, management nuclear blast sent me a a clip for the advertising of the tour that we're going to do, and they're like, okay, on this day you can put it up. I put the thing up. And then Facebook writes to me in my email telling me that I should make sure that I own the copyrights to what I just posted <laughs> on Facebook. And I was like, and they were like, it's only going to be at half volume and only play like a piece of the clip, but you can activate it here inside your wow. thing if you're sure that you own your copyright to what you just posted. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Now, how crazy is that? Freaky, man. No, that's kind of <laughs> fucked up, man. Yeah. That's like. That's some oddball shit. Zuckerberg like, is our overlord. Yo, yeah, yeah. he's the overlord. overlord. He's like, you don't Bow own your own him. music. <laughs> how, how you ha- can't post your own likeness. How has yeah. Nuclear Blast been? Oh, they're not a bad label at all, man. Actually, Nuclear Blast has been with us for a long time. And yeah. I mean, you know, they're everything that Roadrunner really needed to do. Like, Roadrunner had all the metal bands back in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and then they dumped them all to go to the bigger bands, and then after that, it's kind of like Roadrunner really isn't like a label anybody really cares about anymore, you know? No, but Nuclear uh, Blast Nuclear is like Blast and Relapse. Right, and Century Media and, yep. and Metal Blade, those are the labels that people now, for the underground kind of music or for the more aggressive styles of music, hard rock and so on and so forth. Right. They just go to those, and I mean, I think Nuclear Blast is doing a great job. They've they've got a lot of bands under their roster now. They got Sugar, they had Slayer, they got yeah, you know, they have fucking everybody. Yeah. You know, they have us, they have Psychroptic, they got you know, you name it, Hatebreed, <laughs> tons of bands, so, even Madball. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you gotta you gotta admit, Nuclear Blast is doing something right. And uh, when Suffocation first began, back in eighty eight, eighty nine. Nuclear Blast over in Germany was one of the first people to distribute human waste along with Matt Jacobson from Relapse Records. Okay. So that kind of cut it across for them in distribution, also as well for us. And the only bands that were really on Relapse Records at the time was us and Suffocation, and we were like one of the first five or ten bands on Nuclear Blast out of Germany. So it was kind of cool to watch how both those labels have grown. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we're still in the mix, and we still work with them, and it's a good thing. And like you have to like change the business model now because it's so yeah, fucking different. Yeah, everything has changed. You know, I said Lars Ulrich is right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the business model has changed. I mean, you know, buying a record or buying a CD now isn't like that. It's all got to be interactive, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be something. There's got to be documentation of you in the studio. There's documentation of you out there playing live. There's documentation of you playing your parts. There's documentation. Of the, there's an extra bonus track added for somebody else over there. Then there's a video attached to it. And then there's a box set. And then there's, you know, a game attached to that. So it's really now it's more marketing more so than just a couple of songs that you're playing, you know what I mean? Right. It's it's really fucked up. It's a lot involved. What what is it like? What does a label do for you in 2018? Well, all right. Like, for example, the any label is going to turn around and have staff to help promote you, to help you get your artwork together, get the artist for you, convey the ideas. Get you a videographer to help you to get that out of there. Get you some T-shirts together to make sure that you have album shirts, you know, that you can work and, and pay back. Get you your advance so you can get your equipment, help you find a studio. 
so on and so forth. And, I mean, the record label does do a lot of things for their cut of money, you know. Of course, now that there's iTunes and Spotify's and all the rest of this other stuff that's out there now, the digital medias, you can absolutely go there and just make a record and put it out there on your own. <clears throat> but you don't have a team of fucking, you know, in two different countries and all their separate offices working on the behalf of the release to make it the best release that you could have for your right. record and actually spending money in order to promote you. You know, um, It just seems exhausting. It is exhausting. So for a band that thinks that they're going to take on all the booking, all the management, all the contracts, all the, everything else that goes along with it becomes a little bit unrealistic because in, in that kind of business aspect and changing the business mold, there's so much more to consider. So, you know, were, you, thing, were for, you always the business guy? No, 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 no. I mean, obviously, I would look over contracts and read it and see what goes goes in and goes out. And I, as time goes on, you know, you find out what you own, what you don't own, what your percentage was, what your percentage wasn't. So, you know, they've I've always heard from other musicians, get yourself a music lawyer. Please get yourself a music lawyer or some type of management that can look over your contracts. That would be the first thing I would tell a band to do. May cost you a little bit of money out of pocket, but just make sure that you do that. So it's worth it. Yeah, so it's worth it. Don't make the same mistakes that everybody does, you know. Um nowadays it's a little bit different for us because we have, you know, we've grown quite a bit since then. Um it's not like we're rich. It's not, you know, not buying 15, you know, condos someplace. Um I ain't got 15 kookaroos, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, get them to the Greek and shit. I got kookaroos. You know how many Air Jordans I got? But, I got kids. But at the end of the day, this is your job. Yeah. And you get and to it, play and music. And, it, and it's what I love to do. And yeah. it's like, it'll, I always have the opportunity to, like, jam. Me and him will be miserable tomorrow at work. Well, much. I mean, I'll still, I'll still wake up and have to do some sort, some sort of something as far as work is concerned and negotiating and dealing with that kind of thing, as well as playing and all that. But yeah. That's just part of the name of the game. At least I don't have to do all those aspects because as time went on, it's gotten more complex so that there's more things you pay attention to as opposed to just writing the music and wanting to go and play yeah, a you show. You want your you. main focus to be on the music. Yeah, the you know, I, I really yeah, do, yeah. but there's still there's still certain but things. you got to watch yourself. And, yeah, it's more simplified now, and I have, you know, management to work with and booking agents to work with and things like that. And, I mean, but it's not over cumbersome at least at this point in time you know which is a good thing it would really suck if i didn't have management because then there would just be so much more on flow of communication from outside in the world that they're working with that i would just i would want to blow my brains out <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it just seems like an, an undertaking like you could do it maybe kind of but right. it's just so much like, i am not the one who's booking you know 32 airplane flights you know to get around the oh, other geez, side of the world. i can only imagine you i'm know, already tired here yeah that. it's like <laughs> hey, i'm not i'm not i'm not the one who's doing it it's like somebody yeah, else especially you guys do. go all over the right world, because man. then you need to see what that tour is it's like they want you to go from you know a show in fucking the Philippines to Japan to Australia and fly at five cities there and then go to New Zealand, play three cities there and then fly to Indonesia and then, you know, all those little airplane flights in between. Man, fuck all that. You must I'm have not... some nightmare travels. Oh, right? <laughs> that's, an, that's an understatement. You don't, and, and for me, like, I have that's a fear of flying. You're, oh, you're no, cool no, no, I'm over it, man. I'm trained to pass out as soon as I get there. <laughs> Yo, I mean, yeah. Not even like from drinking. It's just like I know that when I'm getting on a plane, as soon as I get on it, I feel sleepy. I, I pass out. I don't Jesus. Want to be in it. 
I I went to I'm trying to remember where what flight it might have been Arizona. So I went to Arizona. That's, that's a baby flight. That's yeah, yeah it was uh, only five hours. And <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Me and my girlfriend jump on the plane, and this fucking old dude sits next to us, and he passed out before <laughs> before the plane even took off, and woke up when the plane landed. Like he didn't even move. He didn't get like yeah. He was he inebriated. He ate he ate sleepy pills. <laughs> I don't know what he did. Yo, those things are great. Like, if you can eat a pill and it, it'll knock you out for eight hours, that's like the saving grace on an airplane. Probably has it all timed out, like what when he's gonna take it. Right, exactly. He, I mean, he was he was. Like, I think he was a rabbi, so maybe I, I'm not sure if you know what it, do they you know. Maybe he was just in a deep state of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he had Xanax? it. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it could be. But it could I'm be sitting all there. Natural herbal, like, I'm extract. white knuckling it. You know, uh, with, I'm a white knuckler, man. Uh, with every, with every, I'm t- I don't know what. You, I just, yo, I'm, <laughs> I'm just not flying to Indonesia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, like, Indonesia. That's that's 40 hours of flying. Oh, yeah, I can't even. Uh, yo, it's unreal, you man. Have, you do wow. a 14. 14 or 15 hours straight. That's three seasons like, of Narcos. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It absolutely <laughs> yeah, is. It's ridiculous. You, you jump oh on the plane, and by the time you land, you're like, yep, finish Yo, season three. I'm ready. Yo, it's, like, it's, it's kind of crazy. You hop on it, and you pass out, and you wake up, and you're still on it. And for like another like eight hours, you're like, you grew a it? beard and shit. You're like, <laughs> you're like, what you're like this is we? the most fucked up thing. I can't take a shower. This isn't like right. Uh, and you know? everyone on that plane probably shit at least uh, once. Oh, at least, at least, you know, or passed out on your shoulders, drooling on you. Uh, you know, people get paranoid too, man. I I was on a flight to uh, Australia, and I'm sitting next to this like this this Asian lady, and I knew she didn't really speak English that well, and we hit turbulence, you know. And she started making all these like signs for like praying to God and all this shit. Like, like that me. kind of stuff will make you nervous in general. And I, I like literally grabbed the lady. I was like, dude, everything will be all right. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's just a couple she was of, like, what? It's like, yeah, it's a couple of bumps in the road. You know, it's just yeah. like hitting a bump in the road. Yeah. And I mean, we've hit some fucked up turbulence. Don't get me wrong. And you know, I've heard some some horror stories from the Napalm Death guys, and they still get in planes. So. No like one a, came out of the closet? Hey, like look a, at, almost look famous at, look moment. At what happened, famous, yeah. <laughs> look almost. what happened to Decapitated. I mean, they belly landed, and like they still fucking hop on airplanes, you know? So you got to take the good with the bad. If it's really your time to go, you're going to fucking go anyway, you know? Wow, that's, yeah. that's a very nice way to look at it. Cause well, I, it's I don't like think... rolling the dice. You never know if, like, you know, you die of a heart attack or a brain aneurysm tomorrow or something, you know? You know what it is? Yeah. Like, I just want to disintegrate. Like, I don't want to, I don't want. Fi- oh, yeah, I'm I don't, sure. I don't, want, I don't want 10 minutes to wait. Oh, no, no, no. It's just so cold and brutal that you'd probably instantly be dead anyway. The pressure yeah. would probably kill you up I just think it like that drop down, like, all right, we have seven minutes. I mean, you seen and that Red Bull guy just jump out of the shit from orbit, right? You seen that Red no. Bull guy? Oh my God, you got to look it up. Red Bull, the guy jumps from a balloon that's in like low Earth orbit in a spacesuit. He jumps and he fucking just—it's crazy. He falls for like fucking ten minutes. It's like, oh my, God. it's so intense. Like at that point, you see the curvature it. of the Earth when he jumps out of the thing. Get out of here. Yeah, and like it's a Red Bull capsule with this balloon, and at a certain height, the balloon will pop. But it's like orbit, you know. I love Red Bull and everything, but... I I would... You know, if you're on an airplane, I think that there should be ejector everything for you, and you should have, like... 
You know, skate pod. Yeah, man. What the <laughs> fuck? Sci-fi you know, taught you, us anything. How much money you got to pay for a damn ticket to go to Europe, and they don't even have an escape pod for your <laughs> ass? Like, like where the, the first class breaks off from the coach, and like, yeah, all right, I mean, sorry, all right, guys. look, you got better dinner than I do, and more leg room. At least we should all still live. <laughs> I think they do that on relapse records, not nuclear blasts. <laughs> right. You, you guys know. got a shift. <laughs> <laughs> But um, all right. So like to finish up here, I guess you know what I wanted to touch on right. real quick was the Long Island Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Yeah, that that award's way up there over by my Rick and Morty's. Um, it was an interesting thing. It was it was really interesting. I got to give it up to uh, my friend Catherine out there, my other buddy uh, Drew Martin, and everybody who supported us on the uh, Facebook initiative to get us into it. Yeah. And, um, well deserved, man. Yeah, I mean, we really appreciated it. I mean, you know, Long Island's our home, so we don't really expect anybody to give a crap about us. You know, we're we're pretty much an underground band. You know, always will be. You're when you write the songs, so you just basically come here. Well, yeah, I mean, I sit in here. I I you know just turn it on and play to whatever I'm watching or do whatever, and just you know make some riffs and see what I want to do. Set a click track or something, and just go over some stuff in my head and. Just piece together things piece by piece. I don't really sit here and just go, I'm writing a song today and that's it. It right. never works that way. No, it never works <laughs> you that never, way. You never, like... And, and sometimes, you know, even when you're working with a riff, you're like, eh, I still don't like it. So, you know, maybe it'll have its time and place somewhere. But Revisit just, it later. Yeah, yeah, well, if, if you know, but it's... So it's just piece by piece by piece most of the time. The other guys also do the same thing, so we kind of collaborate together. And Derek's down south? Yeah, Derek's down south, but he's going to be back up here next weekend, so we'll be working with him just, you know, very shortly. Like, this was our little vacation time for everybody to go back home and just get their brains together and eat regular food and shit and piss and shower in their own homes, <laughs> you know, shit. which is, yeah, yeah, which is the most comfortable thing ever, you know, when you get to shit in your own place, you gotta have a home, yeah, especially when you're out on the road as much as you are, it's just like, oh man, you know, it just gets a little seedy after a while. <laughs> What's the most disgusting place you ever shit at? Oh, man, dude. You don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want, I'll tell you mine. The L-I-double-R. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. That's definitely rough. You know? Yeah. I've, I mean, seen, I've seen my fair share of shitty airports, subways, um, you know, venues, porta-potties, you name it, man. I've seen one porta-potty that there was just no way I was ever going to touch, and that was in the Czech Republic, and it... It had different colored things in it. It was like I didn't understand how. Uh, it was un. It wasn't even real. It was. It was fucked up. It was, it was really fucked Shout up. out to all to Mikey Stack and everyone that that are in the Czech Republic right now. Yo, but the Czech Republic is the bomb. Brutal assault all day, every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your your, your thoughts again on on uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, just kind of like, what do you remember from uh, that night? Because well, I mean, it was kind of twisted because. Um, you know, let alone that we got to see, you know, Carol and Paula from the Magic Garden from when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> you know, with Randy ta- Jackson? Yeah, no, Taylor Zebra. Dane. Oh, Taylor Dane. Ta- Taylor Dane. Um, we, Salt and Pepper was there. We were sitting right next to them up in the, in, up oh, in, shit. which was kind of fucked up. Was because Spinderella you know, there? Cause she's uh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were, the, all three of them were there. It was oh, kind of fucked up. Spinderella was the hottest one. Um, Hell yeah. It, it was pretty cool. I mean. You know, it was nice to be honored, you know, and have the news there and everything and uh, be able to check out the whole place and, and you know, the food was good, um, drinks were flying, it was it was a good time, you know, we had pretty much everybody there that was a part of the band. Nice. And um, 
I thought that that was really cool to actually have that happen and just be awarded it for the fact that we were here in Long Island. Um, to have our name, you know, on that banner was like really cool, and it was actually. I don't know how to say it. It, it. You know, it was really kind of surreal at that in particular point in time. It wasn't like I was in the Academy Awards or anything, but <laughs> no, but still, for Long Island, like, New York, yeah. to like actually, you know, respond and give you some respect, it was really kind of flattering. Definitely, a cool, cool, cool little thing, man. Absolutely, you know and, what I mean. And you get up on there. You, is yeah. there like a stage and all and do they play the music in yeah, the yeah so they had like a house band that would like you know when, <laughs> when you come out on the stage and play the, like you know they were playing like infecting the cribs and shit all like <laughs> like lounge style it was fucked really? up yeah it was like really burnt you know it was all laid back it was yeah like, <laughs> I was like holy shit this is fucking this is for real Wait, you know? and it was like the whole band looked up the tabs like online you know what I mean? So it was wow. kind of weird because I don't even know like if we ever even made tabs of that shit. Yeah. So nope. however they were playing it was done by me. Yeah. Somebody yeah. does, man. Anytime I'm trying to learn a song for whatever reason, I just go to YouTube and someone's covering it. It's amazing. That's okay. kind of interesting, man. You know, I see a, I see a bunch of covers. I actually had some kid, um, and he sent me like some sheet music, and he was doing it like for a thesis in his music school or something. He took one of the songs, Cycles of Suffering, from off the Pinnacle of Bedlam album, and um, he did it all with like orchestrations and instruments in his computer, you know, and put like violins and shit on it, orchestrated all the different sections, oh, you know. Wow. And it was probably, I mean, it, it was probably the most accurate playthrough of anything that I've ever seen that I've ever had done. Like, I could literally like play the song to the song of my song and play it and it sounded just like it and I was like that's fucking crazy you know so big up to the guy who did that I can't remember what his name is I'd have to look it up and tell you at a later date but uh um just real quick actually just because I'm thinking of it now like who would you say are your top five death metal guitarists oh well I mean I'm always gonna have to say like you know Trey from Morbid Angels one of my favorites um, you know, Rob Barrett, Cannibal Corpse, and, um, you know, the Hoppin' Brothers from Side. Of course, you know, there's so many awesome guitar players. Muhammad from Necrophagist, you know. They, it's not even like I have a top five. They're all, like, they're all number one in my they're eyes. All number one, you know? yeah. If you can hang so. playing that style of music, you're pretty good because it's so Yeah, they have amazing. so much, there's so much, especially, like, Muhammad. He's, like, out of control. Have you guys listened to Animals as Leaders and Tosin Abbasi? Oh, yeah. He's just, like, killing the game. But, I mean, it's not even death metal. That's, like, more progressive. Yeah, you know very, what I very mean? progressive. Yeah. But there's there's a ton of really, really great, Great guitar player. He's a guitar player from Obscure. He's, he's amazing. Luke LeMay from Gorguts is awesome. Um, you know, Revocation guy. Yeah, really Dave Davidson. He's just, he's probably one of, he's really, he's up there. Like, he could yeah. probably play in any band in the world. You know what I mean? Like, just musically, from reading music to just being a really, a really good guitar player. He's probably one of the best, you know. Um, there's, there's a ton of musicians out there that are really killing the game. Like Mark Rizzo from Soulfly. You wouldn't right. know it, but he's just oh, like he's an outstanding he's an outstanding player. Like it's it's really is it so for me to put my finger on like who's my favorite, I really don't have a favorite. But all those people that I just mentioned are like 
people that I listen to that I, you know, I think are just great players. And they they yeah. still put out like records. Like, yeah, sure. they're they're still out there putting out records. The last Cannibal Corpse record it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have an affinity for Cannibal Corpse just because I, you know, I, I don't grew know, up with I don't them, know their know. stuff, but I yeah. like the stuff that I like. I listened to some of that new record, yeah. um, like the Slasher Code, right? Which right. is fucking bananas. Yeah, I mean, they're they they still they're pulling off tech tech heavy fucking brutal music, and that's all I can really ask for. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, no doubt. I mean, like Cynic, if the older Cynic <laughs> focus records and 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 things like that. Great records, man. You sure. know, so there's a ton of brilliant musicians that are out there right now um, that are really killing the game. I was, I mean, there's a lot of bands that are really technical savvy and stuff like that, which you guys do, but you also, there's a groove, there's a breakdown that you feel, and that's probably like your hardcore. Influence, right, that's right? that has something to do with it. I mean, you know, we always want to maintain the heavy aspect, but the technical aspect, so it's got to kind of have a mixture. Um, you know, we've done some really, really technical stuff like mm-hmm. in the past, so we don't want to stay stuck in just doing that as well. So, you know, we mix our formulas up between the technical and like the verse, chorus, sub chorus, you know, type structures in, like writing music, you know what I mean? So, you just try to keep it interesting, give us some room to grow, and get some things that catch in your mind, let alone it being all noodling all the time, you know? All right, right. Do your thing? Oh, yeah. Well, go, you know, going on that, too, one of the things I always respected about you and your band was, you know, you look through the history of metal, and obviously Sabbath goes on the map and stretches it, you know, to another level. Iron Maiden and Priest come on and stretch it to another level. And when I was a kid growing up, when we go back to the 80s and stuff like that, when I heard Metallica and Slayer, I'm like, well, that's that's as, that's as heavy as it gets. That's what I thought in my head. Yeah. And you guys had this vision to... Yeah. Like, how does that generate to go to so, I mean, bananas? It makes Rain and Blood look tame. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot had to do with the drumming aspect of it because as technology started to get better and it was easier for musicians to see each other start playing and, like, sharing things and learning different techniques and, you know... I think it just slowly and naturally kind of evolved, especially for us. And at that point in time, it was just the right timing. You know, there wasn't really a lot of drummers that were doing like blast beats and doing, you know, grinding and things like that. That's what make like Napalm Death and Morbid Angel and the bands like Wehrmacht and Cryptic Slaughter, which are like almost precursors of bands like that. Like, uh, Carcass. Yeah. Carcass. Um, great band. Um, you know, that's what really started to kind of gel with us, hearing that kind of grindcore going from thrash metal into, like, the that super speedy, super heavy, dark kind of vibe. It was just, it was really appealing. And I think for us, we, we looked at it. I mean, like, the first Carnivore record, for example, mm-hmm. there wasn't really a lot of blasting or anything like that on it. It was more like a really, really hard rock like Venom right. was back in the day, you know what I mean? Things like that. But then, you know, the thrash metal started, the Bonded by Bloods and, all you know, all the rest of that, Exodus. All that stuff just kind of gelled together. It was almost like the same to me, do you know what I mean? 
it was because I was listening to the guitars, but then the drums started evolving into this oh. this more speedier thing. And so I think like a that natural progression. Yeah, and to, I think people yeah. were trying to push the envelope more. And now it's to a point where people are just playing at BPMs that are just like ridiculous. Right. And you know, I, I'm hoping that the guitar players and the drummers and the syncopation of it all, because that's what really made it sound good. You know, you listen to Death scream bloody gore and even though it's not like that grinding record it's still like the heaviest fucking record and it's like you could almost redo that today in the grind grind standpoint or the blast beat standpoint and i don't know if it would come across the same way to the public the way it did with us as being so brand right. new do you but, think that death record was the first actual death metal record and not it, not, it, not possessed well i mean <laughs> There, there was a lot of bands. There was a lot of bands that were doing death metal, and I mean, it, who am I to say one was before the other? I wasn't down there in Florida when everything started, so yeah. I couldn't even say who. Trying to get a TMZ clip out of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even really tell you. I just know that. Um, well, for, for what use death metal? For right, yeah, for first. possessed, for possessed and death. I couldn't tell you which one came out first, but right. I can tell you that there were some of the earliest ones and that I really liked it a lot. Mm. I don't even know if fucking, you know, Bathory was out, you know, before that. I, I'm not sure, you know. They might have been, but they, they went different. Like, they weren't, yeah. they were a bit venomish too, and then they kind of just all of a sudden went the Viking fucking right. really black metal. Right, exactly. You know? So, <laughs> I mean, big up to both of those bands because yeah. honestly, where would, where would we be without them? No know? question. Yeah. So, all right, man, I guess that's it. But, uh, so you're going to do this tour. It starts October 21st. Yeah, and then I'm probably going to take off a month, do some writing, probably think about that video. And then next year, um, just continue the tour, but we're going to probably just try to get over to the other side of the uh, earth and try to do, you know, the Australias, the New Zealands, the Japans, right. the India, hopefully. We're working on some things for there. Um you know, get that out of the way and work on some new material and some old material so we can get something together, man, you know? Is Frank going to those other... Well, I doubt he'll just... do all those other countries. I would be happy if I can manage to get him over to Europe to say goodbye for a few festivals. Right. Um, really, you know, it's the traveling that really kills him, so anything sure. outside of the States is pretty much a pain yeah. in the ass for him. Right, right. And I'm sure that everybody wants to see him in South America and Australia, too, but... I don't think he's ready to do a full round of it. So if I can just get him over to Europe for a few festivals, yeah. okay. that would probably be the best I can do. I can't promise anything because for all I know, you know, for all I know, it's Frank Mullen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's up to him. <laughs> he got hit in the head with a baseball. Yeah, he got hit story. in the head with a baseball bat. I don't know if he wants to sit in a plane for 15 hours. but I mean, I'll do it. I'll just eat Xanax and fall asleep for fucking nine hours, wake up, eat breakfast, get off the plane. It's cool. Jeez. You make it sound, you make it sound so good. Yeah, sometimes it's all right. But yeah, I could definitely use a, a, a class upgrade to business class. That's all for right. sure. So, yeah. man, all this on, you know, just 30 years of death metal, man. Amazing what, yeah. what, what music does. It, music, it brings people closer just like weed does. No <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, big up to the underground metal scene, man. You guys stick together, and it's great to and be And you guys rep Long Island hard. That's right. That. That's I right. like because on your Wiki, New York all Wikipedia day, every day. page. Usually people will be like, they're from Long Island, but you say Center Reach specifically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. I'm from straight up Center Rico, baby. Yo, shout out to uh, Middle Country Road. Yo, Middle <laughs> Country Road, baby, baby. So thank you so That's much for hood. doing it. Yeah. Anytime, you guys. Anytime, man. Red River Inn, be good. Later. Yeah.